0: Oh my god! Did you guys see Ben's Instagram the other day? the the, the donut one, the paleo donut, Paleo yes. donut, Beaver
1: butthole extra. It's so
0: paleo, it's so great. He also he just released an episode, so if you have not been over there, make sure you go check out Ben Greenfield Fitness. Go go download his podcast. He did an excellent episode on protein bars in the industry energy bars I yeah. love this because we just, we have down. to
2: hammer the shenanigans well that we just recently in did
0: it if you enjoyed the supplement one that we did the, the protein shake and the pre-workout uh, 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 podcast that we just did make sure you go over to Ben's and listen to that one because he does the same thing he dives into all the bars gets into great detail about all the bullshit that, they've, that they're filled with and talks all about it
1: excellent yeah. podcast go check it out Ben Greenfield T-shirt time. Let's give away some. Uh, some. Is it that time, Sal? Ex- expensive t-shirt. We need to come up with a cheaper thing to give away. Yeah. <laughs> like you know key, what I'm saying? Keychains.
3: Keychains. That's a great idea. We're, that's ah, what you know. Or a shout-out. We'll give you a shout-out. That'll be the
0: sign that people yeah. know that Mind yeah. Pump's not doing so well. You get a <laughs> so sticker now. Sorry. It's a sticker or a keychain. Hook them up, Douglas. All right. We got
3: 13 reviews this last week. Excellent. And we're giving away four shirts, starting with Grace A. Git. Stuart thirteen twenty two. Stuart Alexa Ray nine three six two and Chilasaurus. Uh, that's my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> he's always he's yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Beats out Barney any day. Teddy. All right. Uh, every one of you is a winner of a fine quality t shirt. You gotta send the name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. It's, it's made out your- of Velvet. Yeah. Probably not. Velvet from the antlers of deers. Yeah. And then also include your shirt size, your shipping address. And we'll get that right out to you. I-,
1: I thought it was fine Peruvian sloth fur.
3: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your
1: hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, in this episode of Mind Pump, for about 20 minutes, we talk about random subjects like Applebee's and their oh. interactive table screens Yeah. and Adam's experience with that. We talk about kids and technology. I have a story about magnifying glasses, uh, the challenge of relying on technology and not using our brain and how you can get your kids involved in fitness. And then we get to the fitness. The first question was, what do we think about all these controversial Uh, studies that are coming out by the way they're all old studies where the American Heart Association is now saying coconut oil is bad for you replace it with vegetable oil they're at it again (laughs) they're at it again and are they right this time or are they still wrong (laughs) don't be
2: a sucker is it still wrong information
1: to be continued listen to this episode to find out the next question is uh, is it the same thing when you do three sets of two reps versus six sets of run reps, right? All the same amount of reps. I'm is that confused. the same? Uh, or is there different adaptations going on? We get into a nice discussion about that. Then we talk about how you can minimize muscle loss when you regress your intensity to focus on muscle imbalances. We always talk about how important it is to work on imbalances and how, to, how important it is to get good recruitment patterns. But how much muscle are you going to lose if you do that? And will you lose muscle? That's really the question. Hmm. Lastly, is it physiologically possible to put on muscle mass naturally after the age of 30? All three of us were extremely offended by this question.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lastly, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, we have our summer starter pack. And here's what we did. We put all the things that we thought were essential for people to get started on their fitness journey. We put in this, MAPS Anabolic, our foundational muscle building fat loss program. We combined that with MAPS Prime. With has a self-assessment tool called a compass, which teaches you how to correct imbalances and change recruitment patterns. We included a nutritional component. That's our fasting nutrition guide. And then lastly, we wanted to make sure that you got help all along the way. MAPS Anabolic is about 12 weeks long. During that entire process, you're bound to have questions. You're bound to want to have someone assess your form. The forum is the perfect place for it. That's all included. We put it all together taken the total price and cut it more than half. It's over 50% It will off. totally replace
2: your Facebook.
1: This is the only month to do it. It will end this month. It's at mindpumpmedia.com. I have
0: a confession slash we have to talk about this thing. A confession? Oh, ooh, confession. I love this. I went to Hold Apl- on, let
1: me get ready. I got to sit down. Properly. I, w- I <laughs> right, went go. to
0: Applebee's for the first time in oh, probably 15 years. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay? Have you guys been to Applebee's? Ever?
1: Last time
2: I was there, I think I had like mozzarella sticks. That's something. been a long like time. Horrible. If I yeah.
1: if I pick a place like that, it's outback steakhouse. Okay, so, mm, so yeah, let me that's tell a you a call. Let yes. me
0: tell you why I brought this up. So my, terrible. and I don't know if this is part of getting older or what, but when I go to places like like this, especially a, biz, a big chain like Applebee's yeah. I do.
2: Anywhere where they wear vests and flare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not a good idea.
0: My my business brain starts like spinning right away. Like, I'm fascinated you're by criti- it.
1: You're analyzing everything, you're, yeah. Critical.
0: Okay, so have you guys, so you guys probably haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen it anywhere else but here.
1: Oh, I bet. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. So, think
0: of... on the tables, everybody has their own personal iPad, iPad. looking yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: And uh, on the it, has that too. Uh, on
0: it has, uh, you know, you swipe your card, and there's all these interactive games yeah, for
1: like a dollar ninety-nine yes. unlimited while you're yes, yeah, I've
0: seen it. And so wow. we, were Katrina, and were we just happened to be talking about that. You know, this you know, staying off your phones when we're we're sitting and having dinner, or we're having like you know our time together, right? Like being disconnected. Applebee's like fuck that. So well, we'll give it to you. <laughs> and here's what I thought was clever as fuck, though. Okay, so when you look at the whole thing as a business, the food is is. It, is close closer to terrible than it is to good okay but the price range is incredible i mean you're getting i got i think i got like a a steak and a bunch of shit dude for like 20 bucks you know it's like (laughs) it's like just you think yourself like this is impossible Yeah. yeah
1: So steak and lobster, but 12, 12, for 99.
0: for what you pay, it's decent. You know, what I'm saying mm, it's, it's like a if crumber. I was if I was in a little you know budget area where I wanted to go out, and I mean I get it. So yeah. they're they're definitely that's a fancy a,
1: dinner for a lot of people.
0: Well, well it, they're appealing to a a the majority. Let's right? be honest. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying a, a majority of people that that's kind of what you can afford on a Friday night. So no knock in that area. I think they actually are doing an incredible job for what they what their price range is. And then to add to that, they've got these things on there. And so Katrina and I started by like kind of mocking it at first. We're like, well, we have to try it. Like, I want to see like, what are they doing? You know, I want to see. And so we did like this dating one and it's actually really fucking cool. Right. So
1: what do you we mean? Should, like if you're on a first date? Yes. Oh. What? Yes. It's so brilliant. Whoa. So it goes. So it's mind like, blown.
0: So it's like, uh, like I have to. I turn the screen to me first, and it asks me like 10, 15 questions. It's kind of like the oh Newlywed Game. They
2: do the icebreaker for you, dude. Right? Wow. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant when you
0: think of it like that for a date. Like you've never. And then it, so I answer all these questions, and then I turn it, and then she answers all, and then we go through them, or it, then it goes through and reads each one, and then she has to pick, and it shows how many. We're a lot alike and not alike. Dude, it's and,
1: it's 2 bucks, right, for unlimited use? Yeah, $1.99. Yeah, yeah, so Outback has the same thing. and I didn't know that. I've been to Outback not that long. So this is new. Yeah, this I
2: like kid. Outback, actually. Uh, Outback, a is guilty actually pleasure of mine.
1: Outback is actually better. If you look at like Outback, Applebee's, TGI Friday, all those, all those chains, I think Outback is the best one. Right? Well,
0: Outback is one that I've been to several so. times in the last five years. I hadn't mm. been to Applebee's in 15 years. Mm. Yeah. And the only reason why I did is because they just opened the one right by the house. And Katrina and I were over there, we're like, you know what? We haven't had I haven't had Applebees in 15 plus years. How about you? And she's like, "No, me either." She's like, "Well, let's I said they they used to have this like fajita thing when I was in high school that I used to like. So let's go check it out." <laughs> I mean, of course, the menu is completely different. There's nothing on there that's it's the not same. Not
2: necessarily Mexican food. And they but do They do fajitas. They do. They <laughs> Thank do. Thank
0: God. They do you an know? incredible job with the pictures. The pictures yeah. look amazing. We're flipping <laughs> We're flipping through the pages and
1: I'm like, "I'm so glad it we sizzles. Came. It sizzles. It really so, sizzles. I'm so glad we came here, right?" They yeah. like they mix different cultures like fajita marinara. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's totally burger it. meat, Chinese yeah, chicken, yeah. sirloin steak, yeah. salad. Yeah.
1: Even the even
0: the way they uh, yeah, some I of the, the, the meals they put together very like ketogenic friendly. Like they had meals like that. They didn't label it that way, but they're organized that way. And I'm like, you know, they're very
1: up and up. Like it's, it's, co- it's competition, dude. They're, it's competition does that with businesses. They have to do that, or they will get their asses kicked. It's an experience, so they're yeah. constantly investing in how to make the experience better how to get more how to draw more people i'll tell you started
2: with balloons and buttons it did it's
1: i'll tell you what as a parent when i go to a restaurant like that and if i'm going with my girlfriend i have my kids and it's just hectic and stuff you know, two bucks to fucking have your kids, like, stop freaking out, play video games. It's fucking worth it sometimes, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're at a restaurant. I, like, I feel you. You know, kids can get, especially when they're young, like, you just want to, like, you're just like, all right, go yeah. sit in the just car. Just manage yourself. Well,
0: especially yeah. since the way they did it, I thought was clever. So I would be so anti, here's a game, kids, because it's no different than me just no, letting- No, it's interactive. It, Everybody Very plays. interactive. And I thought that was the smart part was- okay, now now you're getting clever with this because mm-hmm. just handing the kid the screen and saying, you know, play your bird, you know Angry Birds for fucking yeah. two hours, you know what I'm saying, where he's just staring at it. But you have to
2: interact with other people on the table.
1: Like a board game. Yes. Yeah.
2: I thought that, that was... That makes a lot more sense. I thought that was we've clever. We've even been struggling with that because the kids, for the first time, my youngest, like, flew down to San Diego. And, and my wife, she had both of them by herself. and so the Bless whole, her heart. I know, right? And the whole thing was like... I don't just want to shove an iPad in front of their face, you know? Like, they're going to have to, like, you know, I'm going to get them books. I'm going to get them, like, some some stuff so they can play, interact with each other, And which I give her credit for. I would have been just like, here, you know, watch, watch this TV show or whatever. But uh, that's been the big thing. It's like how, we have to try and minimize. That's like a constant battle trying to minimizing the exposure to this stuff because all their friends, all they do is just, like, glue that shit right in front of their face.
0: Well, it's, literally,
2: it's, right now, now that the virtual glasses. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, my God! No! like literally, that's the thing now, right? It's yeah. Just, like this yeah. week,
1: this weekend, I was at uh, my aunt's house for Father's Day, and so I told my kids no electronics. Like I was over it. And but only the reason why I say that isn't necessarily because I think, oh, it's bad. I actually witness changes in behavior in my children, and if they stay on a computer, or an iPad for, or a phone, mm-hmm. or whatever. For longer than I don't know 30 minutes or so they turn into chimps like mine. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they get they each other they're they they change like emotionally like yeah. they're less um, interactive they they get snappy or irritable especially if I say hey turn that off for a second we need to eat lunch or whatever and so that I can see the change so I said we're not we're turning them off and we're not bringing them so we went to man's house so they're like we're bored Mm-hmm. And I'm like, deal with it. Like, I had to be bored when I was a kid. Like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So my daughter finds a magnifying glass. So I'm like, this is great. Like, have you guys ever used a magnifying have glass? Have you burned ants before? <laughs> <Just some laughs> exactly. That's, that's, was, that's, that's, that's the first you. thing yeah. I thought of, right? Burn and some shit. Have you so burned my, some ants Yeah. So <laughs> my, my, my <laughs> 11-year-old son takes it outside, comes inside after about three minutes all frustrated. He goes, I don't know how to do it. And I just realized that my 11-year-old boy does not know how to use a magnifying glass to burn shit, which is a travesty. Oh <laughs> like, that is something every child does. He's telling me you taught him. <sighs> Are yeah, you kidding me? I know. So me and you know my brother went out there and showed them what to do and That's so they're great. out there lighting leaves on fire and <laughs> doing a bunch of shit. <laughs> the important stuff. So I mean it. Is, I don't know is it better? Yes yeah, so of course. now do you guys yeah.
0: do you guys set like um Yeah, no phones at the dinner table. Are there, like, certain rules, like, areas of the house or times of the day that you guys set parameters for your kids? Like, how does that work? Well, I know
2: Sal's on a different sort of uh, level because his kids are older, you know? And so, for me, I basically can, like, I don't even let them, like, have Mm -hmm. phone access uh, except for, you know, some special occasion. Like, they earn it, you know? But, uh yeah, it's going to become a thing where they're going to have their own. So I'm going to have to deal with that. It's a weird, it comes-
1: it's a weird situation because it's uh, it's important part of life. If you don't stay in touch with the advancements of technology, how to use them, how to be quick on them, then you may be at a disadvantage when right. you when you when you know as, when you get employed, or you may be at a disadvantage because you don't know how to use <laughs> YouTube or like I know little kids who are seven, eight years old. Who know how to post videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. how to create content, how to edit shit. And I, I see that and I think to myself, like, that's got some actual benefit to their potential future to further. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, but there's also, you know, this is where I, I place it in this category, right? Like in, in modern times, humans have to learn how to manage their food intake, which is this was never a problem before. We didn't have to manage it because it managed us. Like you didn't have food, so you didn't eat, and when you did, you ate it, and the food that was available. Was probably healthy for the most part because it was natural. You hunted it or you, you know, you gathered it. So you never and you didn't have to manage activity either because you were active. It wasn't like, oh, guys, we need to go to the gym. Like, could you imagine taking someone from ten thousand years ago and telling them, "I go to a place to purposely lift heavy shit <laughs> yeah. and run in place, and I'm not building anything." I'm They'd not be like, bu- "I
0: got a bunch of rocks and wood they, back here. Right? You want to move that well, shit?" For so me? I
1: compare yeah. the two and I yeah. compare technology with that in the sense that. We have to learn how to manage the amount of time that we spend in front of it, and it's just a new problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids well, then you like, we also look
2: at it as like a hierarchy, right? So there's plenty of time for them to get fluent with technology. Uh, there's, you know, a critical window of like capturing their attention to find the importance of physical activity, movement, and thinking for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, instead of always like my go-to instinct is to then search and and you know. I'm going to ask Google everything like, no, use your brain. Think about this critically and think for yourself. Don't think, uh, based off of like what the forum or, or, you know, your, your friends on Facebook or, you know, don't let all those people influence you right away. I want like, I want the kids to, to, to critically think about things well, and then apply. Well, dude, it. This, is, already it, happening, this dude. is
0: very important because we are just, God, where was I just reading this about, uh, you know, you got to be careful because you get these major confirmation bias mm. with getting your information through searching online. Yes. Because we
1: actually talked about that on. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember you bringing so,
0: that up. So, th- I mean, you get somebody who is you know going going for their information from Facebook articles all the time. Well, you what you don't realize is you're being fed the shit that you want to be fed all the time, which isn't necessarily always the best.
1: Well, it's already so article like,
0: for you to be reading, right? And
1: even besides that, like, I don't remember anyone's phone number. I don't know anybody. I don't know your guys' phone. I talk to you guys every day. I don't know either one of your phone numbers. It's a little bit alarming. The the only phone number I know is my parents, because that was the one that I've had forever, Mm. and my ex-in-laws, because that's the one they had. I don't really know anybody's phone number. I use directions, and I have a terrible sense of direction anyway, so maybe this is a bad example, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people can connect with the fact that they use their GPS to go places that they go all the time because they don't really pay attention. (laughs) Yeah. so it's already happening. It's already happened to the point where we don't think for ourselves because things are thinking for us. Is that a good or a bad thing? I think there's good and bad to it. As far as like you know, kids being stuck in front of computers and iPads and stuff like, we just have to manage it. Uh, like we manage everything else. Like we have to manage our food intake and our uh, yeah. other forms of consumption. It's another monster, really. And, well, exactly. and really, it boils when it comes to your kids. I always do this for myself. I always look at myself. So when I see my kids and I see them stuck on their phones or iPads or whatever, and they're on there for two, three hours, I look at me. I I look at myself and I think, well, why am I not doing something with my kids? Because at the end of the day, I'm just being lazy. I just want them to, here, I need to work, or I want to do something... You go occupy yourself while I do these other things, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Go do something with your kids. Yeah. And when I do stuff with my kids, they complain for the first ten minutes, and then they have a blast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just place it. Well, on myself. here's a
0: here's a strategy that I just recently read that uh, Justin, you can apply it. Sal, you're kind of fucked already. Um, is <laughs> when you, all right when uh, a mistake that a lot of people do when they give their kids a phone is they like do it for like a birthday or some of that, and they give them the phone. Versus giving them uh, instead of giving them the phone It's your phone that they actually get to use because you're paying for it You're paying all the bill and one of the precedent exactly you Mm -hmm. set the precedent right away that this is your phone Mm -hmm. That you allow them to use for certain things whether it be for play or to research or just enjoyment, whatever But at the end of the day you bought it. It's yours. You're not giving it to them You're allowing them to use it Mm and what happens because what ends up happening for a lot of parents that oh here's you know happy birthday here's your iphone 7 and the kids "Ah!" are so excited (laughs) like it's mine now now it's mine and when you try and take it away or tell them no it's like how you can't do that it's my phone you know and it's too late. You already gave it to them as a gift. So when you pres- when that time does come and you present them with the phone, I mean, let's be honest. You're paying the fucking bill. You bought it. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is your phone. For
2: sure. Well, I that. so so something and putting a pair of eyes in the corner. Yeah. You know, like, I'm always watching. So
1: something that I'm doing right now is because I, I was thinking about this. And first off, for my kids, I'm very structured with their like. They're not allowed to use their electronics uh, uh, during the week. It's only on the weekends. Um, when I slip is when I'm busy and I let them use it for, and they'll stay on it for hours. Like I've, yeah. I've done it to where I have to do something. So I'm really busy in the house yeah. and I'm doing something for, away. It's crazy. for like three hours yeah. and my kids will stay on there for three hours. I'm, I would not, I would bet that if I let them and I just let them do their own thing mm-hmm. that they'd stay on it from morning <laughs> till bed. Oh, all day 100%. long, which is which is insane. So one thing that I did is, uh, as you guys know, I'm investing in some uh, home gym equipment, um, and there's a few motivations uh, behind that. One of them is it's difficult for me to go in the morning when I have my kids because I have to drop them off at school or whatever, so I can't necessarily – make the time, and I don't want to do it after work and everything, because that's also a difficult time if I have the kids, I want to spend it with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a gym in the garage. I like working out that way anyway. It's just something that motivates me.
0: Can we we talk about how how important that is? Like how you solve that? Because I feel like that is something that so many people use as a crutch of why you
2: can't exercise and work out. Yeah, it's like, yeah.
0: oh, I can't. I'm so busy. I have such a busy
2: life. You've Recreated your environment to now be more conducive towards you keeping your physical activity.
1: Uh, well, two things. Like, uh, first off, I value uh, my exercise. I I value it tremendously. It's a massive priority. It makes everything else better. It makes me healthy. Mm-hmm. I got better mood. All that other stuff. So it's something that I value very very, very heavily. There's also the the fact that. We have all this space in our homes, and I was reading this fantastic article uh, by Reason Magazine, and it was talking about how it was talking about putting things in perspective. And one of them is, for example, the average home in like the 1950s was less than a thousand square feet, was two bedroom, was tiny, and the average home now is like 2,500 square feet, four bedroom, and most of that space is not used at all. And if, and if they do these heat sen- these heat maps with phones, where they excuse me, with uh, with, with homes, where they Watch where people congregate in houses, and you find that people really hang out in about in less than half of the house. Oh yeah, it was all like the time. it was like
0: twenty percent. Yeah, you I saw got, that on the minimalist. Yeah, you've got all
1: these rooms that you don't use, and so I said to myself, "Look, I got all these rooms, and I don't have a massive house, but I'm going to put things that I'm going to use. I'm not going to have a fucking dining room because that thing ends up just sitting there looking nice. Who cares? So I'm going to put a study or whatever something I'm gonna use, and I have a garage." That you could park your car in, but I really don't give a shit. Like, why don't I put gym equipment in there? Mm. And then, of course, like you're saying, because I prioritize it, it it makes it so that it's convenient. I can do it. if I, I like to do it in the morning, get it done. And now I don't have to worry about, you know, figuring out different times. So I know it's going to happen very consistently. And my kids see you do it. And I get to do it with my kids. Yeah. So now my son, he's going to turn 12 uh, soon. So perfect. It's the age that I really started getting into it. Um, my daughter's already showing interest. She's only seven. And so what I'm going to do is twice a week, we're going to do family workout where we go in the garage. I'll do some workout stuff. I'll probably already have worked out in the morning. So it's not important for me to do my structure workout, but I'm going to work out with them and train them and make it kind of like this fun type of thing. We already did it. And I don't even have all my equipment. All I have right now is barbell and a couple kettlebells and man, the kids were having a blast yeah. and I get to do stuff with them. We get to do stuff together it's family time, and uh, it's. I'm hoping to create a good connection, relationship with exercise with them, so that they always remember, you know, good memories. Like, oh, you know, I remember doing this with my dad, and we had fun. And we played music, and it's not going to be super structured. It's literally going to be, let's do this, let's do that. Maybe yeah. we'll do some stretching, mm. and just you know, get them used to being around that kind of stuff. So that's rad. Yeah, yeah,
2: I've done a little bit of that, and obviously my kids are a little bit younger, but my oldest is seven, so. Uh, you know, got them like, like the only time I've been able to work out at my house is is with the kettlebells. So I usually do that out in my backyard. And my boys both showed a lot of interest in that. And so that's when I bought those like plastic ones for them. And so without fail, every time I go out there and I start just throwing it around and and working on moves and, and working out like, uh, you know, my oldest somewhat, he'll he'll at least get outside and then he'll either jump on the trampoline or he'll ride his bike or then he'll or he'll work out with me or whatever. But my youngest will grab, you know, one of those kettlebells and he just looks at me and he tries to do everything that I do. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's great.
1: It's excellent. So yeah. it's, um, hopefully it'll be my, my, my garage gym will be done in like a couple weeks and then we'll start That's that whole fun, process. Man. Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. Super blast. And then the other thing, um, that I did this weekend that, um, I was kind of a over the last couple of years, I'm really realizing how much I enjoy going out in nature, and I'm also realizing how much we're surrounded by it here in Northern California, mm-hmm. and just how I've completely ignored the fact that within an hour drive, there's like incredible things to be seen and and experienced. And um, I'm I'm just like, man, I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do with my kids. Like, Bro. well, on weekends it's so easy. I could drive an hour. I Just came back. I went to the Pinnacle uh, yeah. National Park this weekend fucking amazing like my kids would have a blast climbing boulders and doing shit like that so mm-hmm. i'm gonna start making that something that we do and it's cheap it's an hour away drive over there spend a weekend there come back yes you should no come big deal. up to there's trails right behind my house i took because it was so hot
2: like my go-to is to go down to the to the creek and we went down there and went creek walking and then we stacked rocks uh in the creek and made a whole day out of it it was pretty fun excellent so, yeah. excellent stuff so
1: easy
0: bring on the bird The eagle has landed. Chimera quaw.
3: Today's quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking
1: quaw. The eagle has landed! Quee
3: quaw. All right, our first question is from Aaron Gene Fitness Fiend. What do you guys think about the new studies saying, Jean,
2: Fitness Fiend.
3: <laughs> what do you guys uh, think of the new studies saying it's unhealthy to consume coconut oil? If so,
0: what do you guys use
1: this to cook with is instead? The,
0: this is on fire
3: Holy on,
1: shit.
0: The, on the forum right
2: now. This this is, is Did they not, lose their mind? This
1: is not just on the forum, dude. This is being Facebook. shared everywhere, and it is the American Heart Association- that is coming out with some of the American dinosaur can they not make up their mind or what what's going on now so here's the I
0: haven't even read this article uh, I can't can't talk too much shit go ahead and enlighten me in a a
1: nutshell in a nutshell here's what they're saying saturated fat raises cholesterol cholesterol is bad therefore coconut oil is bad and butter is bad that's it end of story what they did is they went back. Mm. It, by the way, I feel like I'm in 1970 again. Yeah, I was gonna say. because they're also saying it's a good idea to replace uh, these natural, minimally processed <clears throat> fats like butter, coconut oil, and those types. Of, those types with uh, vegetable oils, including the highly processed uh, and engineered oils like corn oil they actually said this like and margarine wow. they actually said it might be a good idea to replace margarine yeah coconut oil let's with, make margarine have a comeback margarine yeah. which margarine is, in coffee which is insane here's the thing with saturated fat and and one thing you need understand is it's not saturated fat isn't a healthy uh type of fat and it's not a unhealthy type of fat it's all context mm-hmm. okay consuming saturated fat is not unhealthy if all you consume is saturated fat, uh, you might have a problem, just like if all you consume is anything else, you're going to have a problem. The, what they did with this is the American uh, Heart Association went back and went and referenced the same fucking studies in the 1960s that they've been using to give us this low-fat hypothesis, which has, A, done nothing, nothing to slow the rate of heart disease at all, it has done nothing to reduce obesity it hasn't done anything to help us um, and in fact uh heart disease if you look at heart disease and mortality it's gotten better over the last couple decades but it's you can w- w- almost 100% attribute that to new medical procedures like when they p- go in and they you know put stints in your in your in your uh, arteries and stuff like that like these are relatively new processes that have gotten really really good so people who have heart attacks now and survive the risk of getting another heart attack is much lower and it's because of that they're saying and again this, they're also saying that eating a diet that's low in saturated fat and replacing it with all these vegetable oils is as healthy as taking a statin wow, wow. which is another Man. insane insane statement to say because statins themselves in except for a few situations has like no evidence of helping and there's a lot of evidence that it can cause problems. Um, as far as cholesterol is, concer- is concerned, if you do consume a lot of saturated fat, your total cholesterol number will go up, but that includes good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. However, the bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol, it's super simplistic to call that bad cholesterol. So when people say LDL is bad, you want to lower LDL, that is such a... General statement. Super general and super, um, it, it's oversimplified. <clears throat> LDL particles are not all the same. Right. You have the very dense, small ones that are very inflammatory. And then you have these bigger, fluffier ones that uh, we're finding not only have no, that really don't cause problems, but in fact have some protective effects when it comes to things like cancer um, and, uh, you know, um, for immune system, for immune system. So having too low of LDL may be bad for you for disease later on. There's And there's also studies, that, and this is kind of established, that people with high cholesterol uh, in older age tend to live longer because low infection rates and lower cancer risk and lower depression. Like low, low cholesterol, your risk of depression and cancer actually goes up. So it's like this super simplistic view of what's going on and for them to release these statements and then why for the media to why
0: why now what is it why what's your theory you're doubling down on yeah what is your theory on on this
1: I of- want to look and see where the money uh, mm, is yeah. coming I want to I want to see the money I want to see why what is the motivation behind this uh the cholesterol the whole cholesterol hypothesis as we know is totally oversimplified um, there are, enti- there are societies and cultures with cholesterol numbers that would make a Western doctor shit his pants who don't have heart disease or, or issues. Now, do you th- so it's just, it's just a hor It's, it's a horrible thing to say, you know, that coconut oil is bad for you. It's all context. And here's something, here's a rule of thumb that seems to be proven time and time again. If you eat things, uh, if you avoid things that are heavily processed and engineered, you're a lot better off. So if you take coconut oil, which is a minimally processed fat, um, butter, you know, lard, like minimally processed, it d- doesn't take a whole lot to make those fats. And you compare them to soybean oil or corn oil, which require a, quite a bit of engineering and product. Like you can't take corn oil or corn and through smashing it, you know, just make corn oil. There's a right. lot of processing that is involved with making it. You compare those two, and corn oil. Has got a lot of uh, like established problems. Now, if you replace your saturated fat with corn oil, will your total cholesterol numbers go down? Yes. Does that mean you're healthy? No. It just means your cholesterol went down. If you take a statin, your cholesterol will go down too. Does that mean you're healthy? Not necessarily. And by the way, the majority of people that go into that have you know uh, heart attacks have normal cholesterol levels. A, a, a majority of them, where people will go in, they'll have none of these these. Uh, you know, these red flags that we normally would look at, and they've got uh, heart disease and inflammation in their arteries. So I, it's just, I think it's getting sensationalized because we've he- we've been hearing for so long now that coconut oil is like this miracle oil, which I think is ridiculous, also. Mm-hmm. Um, so that now that the opposite is coming out again, That's, people are So,
0: what out. I was going to say was that it, it makes me think that this is kind of the counter to the big ketogenic movement and the butter in your coffee movement like we've been now on this for about i don't know what 3 4 years maybe maybe a little bit longer
1: mm-hmm.
0: that maybe 10 that long
1: yeah ketogenic diet people um, i don't think
0: so bro well
1: it, it, the and butter in the coffee well you know why because i'm i've been in the uh, really deep in the wellness side and the wellness yeah. people have been saying I've been preaching coconut oil for a little while. How long is Bulletproof? Yeah, you're
2: talking about- Bulletproof is like five years or something. Yeah, I'm talking
0: about Bulletproof ketogenic because, sure, coconut oil, that has been around for a long time and people talking about the benefits of that. But I'm talking about now we're starting to go to this extreme where we have these diets that are saying nothing but fat, really. And now you've got these people- That are following this ketogenic diet that are going that are eating butter and bacon for all of their meals all day long and is this a counter to that which is what i felt was my concern when i went through it is that I'm a guy who's very aware of this stuff, and I found it challenging for me to have a good food rotation. So if I'm the average person who's hearing all this information like, oh, ketogenic diet, anti-cancer, oh, it's great for this, oh, it's great for that, you can have bacon and butter again, this is awesome. Now everybody's doing it because they've heard all these great things about it, but then just like... Always we take something a little bit of good that we find in science and we go fucking bananas with it. And now you've got people that are literally, you know, taking spoonfuls of coconut oil and butter and bacon. And that's the that's primarily all their calories that they're consuming every day. That can't be ideal.
2: I just look at it as like another way that like this machine, this marketing machine can sway the herd sort of back into a direction where now like question this and so they want you to question the, the fact that uh, you know maybe that diet like there's there's issues with it and now let's all move back to you know our old pyramid where it's all about grains and breads and all these things being the base and the majority of what you're going to consume and it's like you know they, the, the sad reality is they're probably going to influence like 80% of you know the population with with just shit like this, because they're an established organization that people believe in still
1: mm. i I he, my trust in the American Heart Association and government guidelines for nutrition is shit. I have zero I have very, very little trust in them, and I'm basing it on just objective history. like look at what they've been recommending this entire time. Look at where the health of the country is. Look at the types of, you know, the low fat hypothesis has been pushed on us for a very, very long time and health uh, hasn't hasn't been getting better. And again, when it comes to things like uh, cholesterol, you there's a lot of people, quite a bit, and I, I'm, I'm almost positive it's a majority, if not a large percentage of people who have their first heart attack don't have cholesterol issues. So uh, for me, it's just... It's this is this is crazy. Uh, yeah. It's it's crazy information for me uh, for people uh, to believe some of this stuff. Uh, my advice is always, and you also, by the way, consider this: individual variances are pretty dramatic. There are differences from person to person, meaning you can have someone that eats a diet that's very low carbohydrate and high fat, and they're going to do exceptionally well. And then you have someone else that'll eat that exact same diet, yeah, and they're not going to do well at all. Uh, Rob Wolf talks about oh. in his book, Wired to Eat, how people will have a, some people will have a, a, a sharper insulin spike with oatmeal over a cookie and because there could be some immune response going on there or whatever. That's a theory. And this is the end of all
2: diets. Like, let's be honest. Like, I just read that uh, uh, what what's coming out in the future here really soon that just got leaked is, you know, there's rumors that even the Apple Watch will have a continuous glucometer inside it so now now we're going to be able to really assess like what's going on after you consume these foods and it's going to vary quite a bit and now people are going to have way more intelligence uh to apply to their eating decisions
1: i also it's also important to consider that's kind of
2: shit on every diet yeah Yeah. oh so all the information like this can take a fucking backseat
1: and it's also important to consider that what may be good for your body right now may not be good for your body tomorrow it's it changes. It really does. And if you know if you're questioning that, like think about like all the foods that you felt great eating, you know, at some point now they don't work with you so well. I mean, your body changes too. Um, the human body evolved that way. I mean, we didn't eat the same thing every single day, and it was likely that we were long periods of time when we didn't have food. Then there were periods of time when we hunted an animal and we had all this meat and organ and fat, and so that's what we ate until we ate that until it was gone, and then there was long periods of time where all we had were roots and seeds and nuts and oh and now we're near the coast and so we're finding yeah. fish and algae and whatever so
2: i was just talking about that with my wife too like when like back in the day you'd have to go to the butcher to to see you know like what kind of meat options you had and then also like in the grocery stores it was whatever was in season right now everything's in season yeah, because they've manufactured and engineered it that way. It, it, it's not. It, it's not like you don't rotate. Like you're not on this like rotational type eating schedule, which is you know critical for us. It is for our and, health.
1: And you know, are, can foods be pro- heavily processed and engineered. And still be very healthy for you. I definitely think that's possible. The reason yeah. why, of I don't,
0: course, when you comp- especially when you compare it to a different food, right? Well,
1: the reason why I don't this or that, I, right? I say typically to stay away from it is because we're so far from truly fully understanding the just the the, the complexities of the human metabolism and how it interacts with foods and how uh, you know things operate in the body. Because we still have we still have very little understanding. I mean, we understand things on a very basic level. That for us to engineer foods and then say, based on the parameters that we understand, this is good for you, is uh, idiotic because we don't, we just don't know. Yeah. We really, really don't know. Based on what we understood uh, not that long ago, a sugar-free, you know, food would be good because it's low calorie and sugar-free. But now we know yeah. certain things about artificial egg whites and, only. You know, exactly. Again, shit. so with this, with this particular thing here, does this mean now we're going to go back to eating egg whites? And if, remember how they said don't eat egg yolks; it's super bad for your health. And they came back and said, "Oh, uh, now it shows that people eat whole eggs. man. Yeah. you know, Actually, man, there's a lot
2: of nutrients I, in the yolk. What Whoops. about what about milk? You know, yeah.
1: full-fat milk. Uh, there's studies now showing that non-fat milk and people consume lots of non-fat milk have higher risks of Alzheimer's and diabetes and all these other issues, and yeah, that people who consume full-fat milk don't have those issues. There's also a lot of data that you have to comb through and understand where to for, if you go back uh, i don't know 10 years ago right and or 15 20 years ago and you compared people who ate a diet that was high in saturated fat to those who ate a diet that was low in saturated fat you would have to control for so many factors because 20 years ago the people who avoided saturated fat were probably following the advice of the you know the the government but they were also probably health conscious because that's what they thought was right right mm-hmm. they thought I need to avoid saturated fat because i because I've been told it's bad for me, and I'm a very health conscious person. Now, health conscious people do a lot of things that are that are good for them. Also, they may be more active. They maybe eat less, they're probably less to be you know, less likely to be obese. So if you compare those people with people who ate a lot of saturated fat, who twenty years ago, if you ate tons of saturated fat, you're probably not health conscious. Because you don't care, right? Because you you hear all this information about sex, but you don't care. So you probably also don't exercise. You You probably overeat. And you compare the two, and now you're going to have this kind of interesting result. It's no different than the studies on coffee that we were reading years ago that said that coffee caused cancer. Well, people who drank a lot of coffee also smoked cigarettes. Like crazy back then, they didn't control for that. So. Yeah, and
2: you could take it out of context and, and take like food groups that are like red meat or whatever that's more inflammatory because of the saturated fats that they promote with that. Whereas the the inflammatory aspect of it, you know, like it will help to promote you know uh, other types of nutrients and health that you know you're going to get specifically from that. And, and we're just so adverse to this whole inflammatory concept where instead of like Just like working out, like we're going to go through a period where we're, you know, we're we're getting this new sort of stimulus that's going to create a a change in the environment uh, and then we're going to recover and we're going to get all the benefits from the recovery.
1: Well, uh, they're not inherently inflammatory, but, you know, you'll also hear things like, uh, you know, this study shows that people who consume more uh, meat have a higher risk for cancer or have, but they don't control for like processed meat. Like they put Mm. hot dogs and... Right. You know, lunch meats, all in that category. <laughs> Half America
0: is doing that, dude. And fucking bologna and hot dogs. <laughs> bologna yeah. sandwiches and fucking hot dogs. That's like, most of the you meat. You can't compare that to a that, fucking that's most grass-fed the meat that people beef, eat. dude. Come on.
2: Bologna. Yeah, dude, yeah. It, or- or that's the old mystery meat.
1: Or how about this? Like, oh, you know, people who eat lots of vegetables, you know, have these particular health problems and they're not controlling for ketchup and freaking pizza sauce. Like, those are considered vegetables. You see what I'm saying? So, it's very difficult to control for all these things. The best studies that I I could that I would uh, direct people to are studies of culture. That's what I think you should do. I don't think you should go and do these questionnaires and shit because number one, people report super inaccurately. Um, number two, if people don't know they're in a, if people don't, if there's no placebo. Then people can report differently. There's all these different factors. We don't control for other factors. Just go to different cultures. Look at old cultures. Look at the Blue Zone studies where people live the longest. Look at what they're eating. You're going to see a wide variety of diets, but what you're going to find is very no processed food, and nobody eats a shit ton of food. Those are the two most common things and that and they.
2: Everybody's eat. pretty damn active,
1: and people are are active on a daily basis. So, um, you know, as far as the study saying you know don't eat coconut oil, it's bad for you, and. You know, Don't eat butter. It's bad for you. It's all about context. And don't replace those things with highly processed uh, uh, vegetable oils. That's my advice, at least. Quick
0: commercial break, you guys. We keep getting asked all the time, how can I support the Mind Pump family? Here's one of the best ways you guys can. You guys love that Chimera Coffee that we have. Chimera Coffee with a K. You go to ChimeraCoffee.com. Put in the discount code Mind Pump for 10% at the checkout. Also, if you guys want to know how I have this luxurious beard, and you want one too, go to BigTopBeardCompany.com. Put in the discount MindPump again, but this time for 33% off. Also, you guys, if you guys have not tried Ben Greenfield's new bars out, they're fantastic. If you want some, go to BenGreenfieldFitness.com forward slash NatureBite. Put in the code MindPump and get 10% off. Go check it out. Casey Instash,
3: while going through any protocol, and it states to do three sets of two to five reps could you potentially do six sets of one or five sets of two? Would you have the same effect? It's a good question. Mm. I,
0: th- I thought this was interesting because, uh, you know, this, is, this gets into kind of like programming and how we phase uh, maps and, and the purpose behind all that. And I wish you would have used a different extreme analogy because those are close. You know uh, the difference between uh, six singles versus five doubles is probably a lot less than comparing, you know, spreading out, uh, you know, like one set of you know twenty reps versus three sets of right. uh, or four sets of you five get closer
2: to an aerobic effect
0: that way e- exactly yeah. that and that's what I meant by that so
1: well you know what though this might actually be good because it that, that's more obvious right so yeah. if, if I did like comparing one. So what this person is doing is they're, they're looking at the total volume. So six sets of one rep means you've done six reps. Mm-hmm. And that's your total volume of, of work. Five, uh, Three sets of two reps is fewer sets, but you're still doing six uh, reps. So same volume. The weight may be different though, right? Because the total weight lifted with the six sets is going to be maybe higher because it's one rep versus the two, but it's pretty close. Now, here's the thing you want to consider. There and, and, and this is why exercise programming uh, is much more... It's a different nerve response. It is, and it's much more complex than people realize. Yeah. There's a lot of things to consider here. There's the multiple set uh, factor here where if you're doing lots of sets of one exercise, you get a different adaptation than doing different exercises for the same kind of body part. So, for example, if I did six sets of bench press for my chest versus, let's say... Three exercises, two sets each of different exercises. I'm gonna get different response. Same total sets, I guess, for my chest, but I'm gonna get a lot of CNS adaptation for a particular movement with the six sets. Like it's all bench press, yeah. so I'm gonna get really good at that movement. And to
0: think that in more simpler terms, it's just like you know practicing a, a movement, right? You're doing the same thing over and over. Your body's gonna get better at it when you with more practice, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking of it like greasing the groove, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's benefits to doing both of them. They're not the same. Uh, they're not the same at all. Um, in fact, um, I would recommend trying trying either one and sticking with one for a little while to see how your body so responds. This
0: is, this is uh, what he's talking about, and I don't know if he's following maps right or not but what i do and we talk about this a lot on the show how you know we're we're always modifying even our own programs right i don't follow any of the programs to an exact t anymore because i'm always playing with variables like this for example so let's say this is i just ran through maps red and i've gone all the way full circle through it and i decide hey i want to go back through it again and see like my strength and see if i'm up or down or whatever and this time around, instead of doing two to five reps, I may work singles, mm-hmm. you know, so this is how I'll intermittently play with, you know, different strength phases. So if I'm in a, you know, strength phase and I'm going to be doing lower reps, I may, you know, and and I've posted this on my Instagram before, and and maybe this is what has posed questions like this is that, you know, I'll be running doubles, you know, and that's kind of the protocol that I'll follow for this time around of hitting phase one. And then the next time I might run, you know, singles or triples, or I'll actually run the protocol all the way to a five rep and do that. So, you know, these are ways that we can, you can manipulate. They are definitely not the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to get different adaptations, both have their benefits like Sal saying. And honestly, I always tell people to lean towards, uh, the one that you do the least. So if I if I tend to gravitate because you know you get a lot of guys that are like power lifters that love to hit your know, PRs, they tend to chase the singles and doubles all the time because they want to see these PRs. So they're constantly doing that. That guy or girl would probably benefit the most from pushing beyond into the five rep range for their sets versus the singles, and the the reverse is true. I think the one thing that I would the that I would caution is as you get down and you decide to do singles and doubles there now your your risk factor goes up also because now your your load that you're moving is going to is going to be naturally a much higher weight right so mm-hmm. you're you're doing you're moving a really heavy weight and so it's there's more
2: of a fast twitch response that you're seeking so the, this is a different like nerve response that you're even seeking from your central nervous system so you got to kind of you got to kind of prioritize uh, what your goal is and uh, after that you sort of evaluate like uh, the more reps you add and the different response in this different signal that you're trying to apply so now the signal gets sort of muddied or you lean more into the direction of like the slower response mm-hmm. the one that's more geared towards uh, endurance so, so
1: here's the, what here's what I love about uh, resistance training for long periods of time is that in the beginning when you first get started uh my recommendation is always find a good program. Of course, I'm going to recommend maps because that's one that I can stand behind and just follow it as it's laid out. But as you have been, as you continue training and you start to get better and understand the movements and kind of understand your body, boy, you can have a lot of fun oh, yeah. with these kinds of variables. And each time you change a variable, my recommendation is to stick with that new change for at least a couple weeks to really... Uh, get in that adaptation or that new adaptation that you're trying to train to see what the effects are because if I switch from three sets of two reps to six sets of one rep and I just back and forth and mess around, I don't really, I'm not really adapting to that new, you know, stimulus and I don't really know what it's doing um, to my body because I'm mixing up so many different things. So if you end up doing this for yourself, do it for like two or three weeks Stick to that new you Well, know, do protocol. it for,
0: do it for the whole phase. I mean if you're following maps, I would recommend you know if you decide you're going to Change that and go I'm gonna run singles at like do all of all the the phase one like that You know and then what I would you know love to do is when you come back you want to do an Extreme difference in the same type of phase that we've laid out you the first say like last time I did phase one I did singles real heavy singles doubles never more than doubles through that phase Then I come all the way back through uh, through maps come back around now I go to five, but not only do I go to five, but now I'm gonna fuck with tempo, too So I'm gonna go to five and then I'm gonna like take my my eccentric motion like four to six seconds So you're still in a similar phase, but now I'm not only am I going to manipulate weight and reps, I'm also going to fuck with tempo and talk about a total different adaptation in a similar phase. These are the type of things that I think as you as you progress in your programming and you've been doing it for a long time, you start playing with these different adaptations. Uh, within the phase and that's where why yeah, we, and that's
2: why we have a template that like takes you through that whole process i mean once you get really good and, and you've solidified that template and it's it's something that's hardwired you know now you can do exactly what adam's talking about like adding like tempo you know uh different variables in there like you can get a little more creative once you know how your body responds and then when it's appropriate to switch it up again after that
1: it's uh, this is for me, I love questions like this because I, I don't think people truly appreciate the complexity uh, with when it comes to programming uh, workouts. Like for example, when we go off and we try to design a new maps program that we are going to try to apply to the masses, there are so many variables. We actually we sit and we debate and discuss um, for you know two or three days straight, like yeah. like seven a.m. to like midnight or later. Because you have to, uh, you have to consider all the variables, not just within that workout, but how it influences the next workout, how that phase influences the next phase, muscular
2: development, the
1: tempo, and how that works, and how they communicate with each other. Because each exercise within the order and the tempo and the sets and the reps and then those workouts with the other workouts and those phases with other phases and they and the order of them they all communicate with each other and the wrong uh programming is like throwing a wrench uh, into the machine and once you kind of get it and really you get it through experience and you may not be able to get it to train other people unless you do this professionally for a long time But after a few years, it doesn't take very long, two or three years of really being consistent, you'll be able to kind of get it for yourself, at least for yourself. You'll kind of figure this out. If you really approach your training objectively and you take your ego out of it, you can have a lot of fun with all these different variables. Now,
0: I want to stop you right there because I I know there's somebody that's thinking why they're listening right now, driving the car like, oh, yeah, I've been training for Mm -hmm. a long time and I totally get it because I know what it takes to get myself in shape. Totally different.
1: Yeah. No, totally no. different. I said you can. Yeah. Does it happen very often? <laughs> no. And the reason is because, because how many
0: times have you guys heard this? Yeah. Like, I know it works best for my body. Like I know yeah. it, I know how to get myself in shape. I've been there before. And getting yourself in shape is is not does not mean that you fully understand and grasp grasp programming for you and the most ideal way that dude, you dude. I had a client that. once yeah.
1: that I got into an argument with over this. We literally um, got in an argument. Well, because, well, what does that even look like? Because, because he's right. you're skinnier. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. He right. said to me like, "No, I know how to lose weight. I I run. I, when I run, I lose weight. It's what I always do. I know my body. I know my body." And I watched him run. And by no means am I a running expert, but I know, you know pronation when i see it and i know <laughs> how a foot is supposed to strike right. and i could see and i'm watching him run and i'm like no 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 listen running is not good for your body for your body right now running is horrible i know you've been doing it for so long but that's probably why you have this issue that issue and and why you end up stopping and starting it again and i had this whole argument with him but it's cuz ego gets in and we mm. equate you know weight loss sometimes with what works for, with my body but if you're really objective within a few years you can get to this point and I'll tell you what, you can have a lot of fun. Here's something that I'm going to do. I'll let everybody, because I'm going to document this. So I'll, I can, I'll put this on air, no problem. So I've got, like I said at the beginning of the show, I've got uh, a bunch of gym equipment coming to my garage. And it's very minimal, it's very basic, but that's the way I like to work out. And I'm going to play with... Basic bitch. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, laughs> to... Hashtag, I'm gonna, you just gave me another hashtag yeah, for yeah, you, basic, basic bitch. basic <laughs> bitch. I have, uh, uh, I've had an idea and a concept that I've wanted to do for a long time. I just didn't have the... I guess the means to do it. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set up my gym and then I'm gonna dedicate an entire day. So like eight hours, I'm gonna dedicate eight hours to this. I'm gonna pick three or four exercises and I'm gonna, at the beginning of every hour, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do a moderately heavy single or double in these four exercises at the beginning of every hour for maybe eight to 10 hours. And what I'm basically going to try and do is I'm going to really try and get some some crazy CNS adaptation out of this and see what happens to muscle strength and size. So I'm going to do this little experiment. Now, my hypothesis is that if I do this every once in a while, I'm going to get some pretty incredible results within the day. Literally, Mm -hmm. I think what's going to happen is by the fifth hour, I'm going to feel very connected to my whatever exercise, my squat, my overhead press. I'm going to feel very strong. I'm going to keep intensity relatively, like I said, moderate. And in between that, I'm going to play with amino acids. I'm going to play with meditation. I'm going to play with you know uh, foam rolling, and really see what I can do with. And again, all mm. I'm doing is I'm taking all these variables and having fun with them. You're going to
2: fully reset your CNS like in between,
1: dude. I don't know what's going to happen. Like I've never had the time and the dedication and the equipment hmm. available. Like I'm not going to do that at the gym. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? Walk outside of my car, hang out, come back in. And, <laughs> but now I got it in my garage, so I'm going to like watch movies and shit in between and meditate and stretch and. You know, this is where protein shake may come in handy, or I may do that with you
2: once the new Star Wars comes out, and we'll watch the whole series in between.
1: Oh shit, (laughs) bro! It'll be a Star Wars. But this is what you can do uh, when you start to like play with variables. You know what I'm saying? And so,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely.
3: Our next question is from Natural Health Warrior. How can you minimize muscle loss while regressing the intensity when trying to correct muscle imbalances?
1: So. When you're what this person is referring to is, let's say you train uh, heavy, right? You're a heavy lifter, you're doing squats and deadlifts and overhead presses, and your goal is build muscle, constantly, build muscle, build muscle and strength. And n- you've identified now some imbalances. Hopefully it's not because you've hurt yourself, uh, but maybe that's why. Maybe you're like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. my shoulder hurts, I can't bench heavy anymore, my hip is bothering me from these squats." So now you have to regress your weight and intensity, and maybe even eliminate some of those exercises to correct muscle imbalances. Inevitably, you're going to lose muscle. Now, it's I just went through this. You did, yeah. and it's not because. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll finish here and let you go because you had experience with this. You're not losing muscle because you're working on imbalances. You're losing muscle because you've taken your foot off of the throttle yeah, to your constantly push. Is different. Push size all the time. Good analogy. So, training muscle imbalances doesn't make you smaller. It's just that you were always so focused on building muscle and pushing that so hard that now you've taken your eye off of a little bit. Of course, you're going to lose some strength and some muscle. But you are going to be correcting imbalances. Now, the reason why this is okay is because then when you go back to trying to push muscle with better recruitment patterns, you're going to build more muscle than you had before. And you're going to build it in a balanced way without pain. So... I'll I'll defer Well, oh, to-
2: and there's a lot of uh, other techniques you can apply to uh, maintain sort of intensity and, and, and increase uh, that connectivity with the signal from your CNS. Where um, I feel like there's a lot of work that can be done, even if you don't have like a, as extreme of muscle imbalances to to address them sort of preemptively um, by phasing you know sort of out of just constantly adding load to the body. So. Uh, from the angle I look at it is, um, like sometimes we bring up like maps anywhere or we bring up like a different body weight sort of technique focus, um, where, you know, it's going to highlight a lot of these imbalances more by, um, you know, applying gravitational forces by applying like isometrics. Um, you're going to understand like where the dysfunction Uh, may be sort of underlying and then address them and then go back into your loaded situation. And then you're going to have, you know, even more of a reinforced uh, uh, mechanics as you go into the lifts.
0: I, you know, I think that it's, it's pretty inevitable that you're going to lose during this process. And so there's a lot of psychological stuff going on here that, especially if, you're somebody who struggled with an insecurity of uh, needing more muscle on your body, like myself. So this was, this is close to home for me. Like, you know, I like to be a big guy, like especially being the skinny kid my whole life. And man, when I finally put it together and understood like I had control of this and I could build a a muscular big frame with regardless if my body wanted to be that big or not, I fucking love that. And I still love that. And so, but I also, I'm also 35 going on 36 years old and I do have aches and pains and I don't move like I used to move when I was 20 years old. And so my priorities are are shifting. And so I knew that it was time for me to go through this whole, you know, mobility kick where I purely dedicated uh, my training around moving better and getting reconnected to my body and, and like my feet like crazy. To, it's crazy. I trip on this. So we were out at the pool yesterday and I was telling Katrina, I have like, and they're not new, but they're exposed now veins in my feet because of all the exercising and yeah. barefoot stuff that I've been doing,
1: you're getting more vascular feet. <laughs> I, 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 I do. Yeah. They're just more connected, dude. Uh, yeah. No. Of course. Right. Dude, like you need to share how pumping did, more blood. You need to share just how disconnected you were with your feet. Oh yeah.
0: No. It was extremely disconnected. Like I, you couldn't move your toes. Yeah. No. I couldn't. I couldn't move my toes. I definitely couldn't do short foot. Um, you know, I had an excessive pronation and in, in both sides. One side really bad. Um, and
1: I, I wish c- we did a before and after video cause yeah. it's dramatic the improvement no, you made. Know. I mean, if
0: you've been watching my Instagram since the beginning, you've seen it cause I've been sharing. I mean, my squat, I, I do this all the time. Like I, I still have some old, old videos of me squatting and, mm. and you can see my mechanics when I squat versus when I squat now, like it's, it's fucking night and day difference. Um, and that was a, a huge process and it was a huge struggle for me because I knew that I was, I knew I was going to lose muscle yeah. because I knew the, the amount of attention that this needed it's it's not as simple as i'm going to go buy maps prime and every once in a while i'm going to do some of these movements these guys tell me i should do it, it became the priority
1: and like, it's, it's not but, just but that did but,
2: you lose a lot of strength though
1: yeah i did well, a little, well
2: like a little bit but i mean well, like going no, back to apply it no, well but uh, you got to
1: explain though let's, let's, why you couldn't lift heavy while well, you're yeah, doing this
0: yeah and let me finish yeah. so here's where here's the the breakthrough that you got to get through to with this is if you truly are trying to fix that and that's a priority, then you kind of need to just let that piece go. That's Mm. an insecurity of yours. Mm. It's an insecurity that you need to hold on. Because let me tell you something, I'm already back on my kick right now of eating more, training like a bodybuilder while I'm still incorporating a lot of my prime and mobility stuff. And I'm putting muscle on, like fast. Like the body remembers. That hard work that you put in, it's crazy. It's hard to see new records, right, for yourself. So let's say, and we'll use like mine because I tracked this all the way. So uh 208 pounds of lean body, lean muscle on my body is a lot. I probably came all the way back down to about 180 something pounds of lean mass. That's a lot of muscle. It's a ton of muscle. It's scary that I lost all that, but it's like coming right back on and I'll shoot up to 208 and lean body mass really quick. Now getting to 210, 215, that will take more, more work, more volume, more consistency. But it's crazy how quick it comes back on once you've once you've when you've been there before. So letting go of that, I need to look a certain way or I, work so, I worked my whole life to be 208 pounds of lean body mass. Nah, fuck that. Like, I need to move better first. That's a priority.
1: Right, but there's also uh, this factor in that, you because know, I know what people are thinking right now. They're thinking, well, if I have these imbalances, if I have these recruitment pattern issues, why can't I work on those issues and continue training heavy? And squatting well, the
0: problem is when they conflict with the imbalances. That's right. what that's what I want right. you to talk about right. because
1: it's not just a time thing. It's not just a oh you don't have enough time no, it's and it's so hard wired. Well,
2: it, it, thank you. You know, and so when you get back to these like staple lifts, like you're going through like a, a you know backloaded squat, for instance, uh, your body like as much as you want to think that you can manipulate that process, like whatever you're working on imbalance wise. And I was trying to address with mobility. Now, when I go to add a significant amount of load, the only like driving mechanism that your body uh, really it's hardwired to do already will overpower even Mm -hmm. your your own mental capacity to try and control that
0: example was when I got hurt was so I started getting really excited during the process because I was seeing uh, lots of improvement. In my imbalances and my mobility, and what does the first meathead side of me do? Because I want to get back to that muscle and squatting, you know, back to four hundred pounds. Like I, I miss that. I'm messing with one eighty five or one thirty five on my back. That doesn't look cool, you know. <laughs> that doesn't look cool doing that in the gym when you're Shit. fucking six three, two hundred some pounds. Like you know, when yeah. the chick next to you's out out squatting you. <laughs> Like I get it, dude. I get you getting
2: ass to grass, man. Right? Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so of course, as I as now I'm getting down ass to grass, and I'm and I'm feeling better. I'm every week I'm stacking on a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, so I can hurry up and get there. And sure shit, I start pushing over three fifteen, and that's all it took was whoop just a just a little bit off, yeah. but back to that too quick that old habit, pronated a tiny bit, then I strained my my hip flexor on the other side, and then that set me back again, and that was all ego driven, right? Mm-hmm. So. You, you got to just be okay with that. It's not saying like we could sit here and talk about, you know, like Justin's talking about incorporating like tension movements and this is where maps anywhere is awesome. And we can talk about all these techniques you can do to not lose muscle but don't worry about it yeah. like don't that feel fretting fretting over losing three or five pounds of muscle believe it or not is not a big deal you'll be blown away. what you will be blown away is how fast it comes back and if not watch you're about yeah. to see me do it right now and, and, it and it just
2: reminds me of when we get these clients that come in and like you want to like cater somewhat to their their mental uh like where they're at you know what i mean like like you're trying to make sure that um like they don't get like so mentally frustrated with that like right from the start that like you kind of get them into it but like absolutely that's
1: an ego driven question in itself right. look if you if you all I've used this analogy before and I love it if you all you've ever done on a computer is used your your two index fingers to type your 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 hunt and peck typer right and that's all you've ever done and you've been doing it for years you could get you know you can get pretty good at it right you can get pretty good at doing it and then all of a sudden someone comes and says no 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 Here's a technique, and once you get good at it, you'll fly past how fast you could type, but you gotta use all your fingers and you need to practice. And so, you spend one day practicing with all your fingers, and then the next day there's a race. And if you type faster than this particular number, you're gonna win prize money. Well, guess what you're gonna revert to? Your old way of yeah, doing it, because yeah. that's how that's what's hardwired and that's what you're best at. Yeah,
2: you're the, not comfortable there
1: You're not yet. good at the new way yet, so even though the new way is more efficient, It sucks for you. So when you're trying to correct an imbalance... That's an an incredible... I love that. That's an incredible analogy
0: because that's exactly what it's like. And that's why... Don't worry about your record time of typing right now yeah you of course you're not gonna beat your record time that you did just six months ago doing the way you've been typing for fucking 15 years of your life practice the right way for a long time then like and that's what you're seeing then right now move
2: to like this is voice dictation
0: this is why, <laughs> boom. yeah this is why I'm sharing this right now on my Instagram is so you guys can watch this process I do not want to lose my mobility But now I'm heavily focused on putting on that muscle. see,
1: now when you go – because you've done this now. This has been over a year, right? Yeah. Now you can go and squat heavy. Yeah. And your body's not going to revert to the old pattern Mm because you've you've given yourself time to solidify it. And that's why some people may lose muscle. But here's the other thing I want to say about the losing muscle part. If you're pushing your body to the extreme with muscle – Uh, and you go to correct imbalances, you have more muscle to lose than the average person. The average person right now listening, if you go and That's a a
0: good point because you're talking about a guy like me who's running running anabolics. I'm taking... So when I say I went from 208 down to 180 something, you guys got to take all those factors
1: into account. All of it. Like if you took the average person... It's going to be way less. If I took the average guy who lifts weights... Five, 10 pounds. Yeah, no big deal. Maybe, maybe five, 10, maybe 10 pounds, probably around five. And once I correct their imbalances and I reverse them, it'll come back on very, like Adam's saying, very, very quickly. But then you'll surpass your old stuff faster than you ever thought possible. And then all of a sudden you have no pain. So it's super fucking worth it. So if you're in this for the long, long haul, it's definitely worth doing this. Quick commercial break. Hey, people ask us all the time how they can support Mind Pump. Here's what you can do. Uh, you can go to www.brain.fm forward slash mindpump and get 20% off Brain.fm for meditation or focus. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash mindpump and get a 30-day trial plus one free audiobook. Lastly, you can go to getnatureblend.com forward slash mindpump and you will get a discount on Ben Greenfield's CBD product.
3: Z Raslin. Is it physiologically possible to put on muscle mass naturally after the age of thirty? Of course. Yeah. Hell yeah! Look
1: at Doug. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Have they not seen? Beast. Have they not seen Doug's before and he after that we took beast. a few years ago? Yeah. I mean, for reals, your body never. They
0: just think that Doug's twenty-nine. Yeah, because yeah, he looks twenty nine. He He's Thank really sixty five, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, was I off a little bit there? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, he had
2: a cane, but he started working. No, out. I think. How old, Doug? <laughs> yeah.
1: You were like what, forty eight or forty nine in the before and after pictures? Uh, yeah, forty nine, I believe. Forty nine, and, and Doug's all natural, dude. A hundred percent natural, lifetime, never taken a. single, In fact, hmm. barely did anything aside from you know all the legal stuff. So barely did anything. I think did you, guys, did you
0: guys take creatine at least. Did you even do that? Did yeah, I, have, I did that. Uh, creatine. yeah. So I think creatine. that was it.
1: Um, accused of taking steroids. If you look at these before and afters, they're pretty dramatic. And really what yeah, it was... Yeah, what a compliment. Really, yeah. really what it was is he went from poor exercise programming and uh, his diet wasn't bad in the sense that he wasn't healthy. It just wasn't you know, good for, uh, in terms of getting lean. Changed his programming and his diet. And Doug actually also had some pretty good genes for building muscle. Although he thought he had bad genes, it was just his programming. Um, and his body just responded very, very well. So... That's his before and afters. Here's the thing: your body never loses its ability to adapt. It definitely it definitely loses its capacity to adapt. In other words, explain that. Yeah, a sixty year old will have a lower capacity for total muscle mass and strength than they had when they were thirty or twenty. But your body never loses its ability to adapt. In fact, the day that it does that, it means you're you're, you're dead. Your body you bo- died. Your body now has lost its ability to adapt to anything. And then that's when you when you pass away. Um, as you get older, uh, and I'm talking older, not 30, because that's ridiculous. I'm talking like yeah. advanced age, 70, 80, maybe mid-60s, but usually 70 and 80. When you're, you're, you're lifting weights, um, a lot of what you're doing is preventing regression, hmm. but you can still improve a, a tremendous amount. I've had a lot of clients yeah. in their 70s who've had tremendous life-changing uh strength building and muscle building effects. And when yes. I say when I say life-changing, I don't mean like they've got six-pack now and they can go to the beach. I mean Mrs. Johnson who who was walking with a cane doesn't have to use it anymore or Mr. Smith couldn't make it up his stairs and now he can or he couldn't reach above his head to grab a, a glass from the top cupboard and now he can or he couldn't do a squat without falling and now we can't like life-changing even
2: just like muscle definition i had a 75 year old guy that trained with me and it was just i i honestly i had like those same sort of thought process where i was just like i just want to make sure that he's moving well and you know he's got enough strength to kind of support him uh in his movement and his abilities to do stuff and then you know, like he even told me before, I was like, I really never did any weight training specifically. I just did calisthenics and things like that. Uh, you know, and, and so I actually started weight lifting with him, obviously very, uh, gradually, uh, an increasing load, but like, I was just like astonished at the type of muscle development that was happening with him. It was still there. It was a new stimulus. It was something that his body was adapting to. And, uh, uh, that was encouraging me. I was like, wow, at 75, you can still, you know, you can build.
1: Did you know that uh, mortality spikes with people after they retire? It's like once they retire, the risk of death dramatically goes up. And it's not because of their age. It's entirely because people stop. They they, they stop moving. They stop having purpose. They'll stay at home and they don't, whatever. And you see their health really. Start you to You could seriously quickly. see that
2: decline just mm-hmm. in the posture once the shoulders really, you know, protract and the head comes down and like mm-hmm. it's just this. It literally physically looks like they're, you know,
1: now they're, disintegrating. they're now they're using the age thirty, and this is why I laugh at that. The most fit, uh, strong people that I know uh, that I've ever known in my entire life were over thirty. They're the strongest. I set all my PRs after thirty. That I that I are, are my heaviest lifts, hmm. the women that I've known that are the most muscular and strong are after thirty. Maybe, and I don't think it's because over thirty there's some kind of magic it's that old happens. man strength. Yeah, I I honestly think it's because over thirty people are tend to be a little smarter about their training and maybe they know their they dedicate body more. their time. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I say, you're more
0: connected. You're central, and that's where that will, you know, you bring up the old man strength is. Yeah. Your your it's the CNS side. Uh, I think that is really beneficial as you get older. You know, like comparing a a young a young boy who's just learn or girl who's just learning their body and and these movements, they're nowhere near as connected as somebody who is. Which is why I feel like sometimes you see these guys that don't even really lift weights, but they can pick up this rock. That's like super heavy. And it's like, dude, this guy doesn't even lift weights in the gym, but he has this ability to do that because <laughs> yeah. that's that central nervous system, that ability to connect and do that when he needs to, mm-hmm. right? Or she needs to. So
1: when do you guys notice when you guys are training clients, at what age, uh, do you see where like, let's say you're training someone for a very long time. When do you start to expect that they'll, they're going to lose performance and muscle at what age do you, do you guys start to see that?
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're saying because I, don't, I don't think that ever happens. I don't have a, I've never had a. Climb. You know what
1: I mean though? Like, let's say you're training someone. From-
0: what, what I can tell you is that I know there. I've seen the how more difficult it is based off the age, right? Okay. So taking somebody mm-hmm. between, uh, and it, it's actually funny because early is just so it's like this uh, bell curve. So I think training a eight year old is extremely difficult because oh, yeah. of proprioception and focus and mm-hmm. body awareness, all that shit. Uh, is so poor at that young
2: age, right? And then uh, as they of started- the hardwired version, where they've done all these horrific patterns they've established. That's the other that side, that right? You have to like unwind and unpack. So that's
0: the you know sixty-five year old who's been who's never done anything to fix them, right? So there's this bell curve, right? So when you're really really young, it's really challenging to t- teach that body to teach them how to connect and do all those things. As they start to get older into their teens, it's still challenging. They start getting into their twenties. A little bit more body awareness especially if they have some sort of an athletic background because that typically speeds that process up for somebody or got into lifting weights like a salad in early years so those people tend to be a little more connected so in the then we start getting 25 25 to 35 to me is like prime time. I mean, you are, you, uh, most men are fully matured by that time. Same thing with women. They've been connected to their bodies for 25 years of their lives. So their central nervous system adaptation. I feel like 25 to 35 is like the, the peak of body responding, right? Then 35 to 45, still pretty solid, man. Most clients that I ever took on between 35 and 45, but what starts happening around that time is now the imbalances, like Justin said, start sh- revealing themselves are way more apparent, right? So once you, once you start hitting 35 plus, if you had bad, bad habits, you know, all the previous 35 years, now as a trainer, I've got a lot of issues I got to address before I can get to the cosmetic side of the yeah. business. I, you just know? Think, I think you get away
1: with a lot over. more when you're young. Well, yeah, That's the you thing. get away.
2: With. I think to like your body, depending on like... Injuries or any of these things that have created these imbalances, or even like uh, pregnancy, or you know things like this that alters like hormone profiles, and like you know your body just matures and it and it it sort of uh, operates off of a different uh, uh, preset. But, I mean, there's still a way to, to then, you know, reintroduce, like, uh, you know, the, like hardwire these, these ways that, that were beneficial to you when you were younger. It just – it may take, a you know, a lot more work based off of how much you strayed away from it. And, and well, here's,
1: here's – one, one thing you need to consider too is this, is that – so if I train an 18-year-old guy and we start lifting to put on size, right – He's gonna put a lot of size on compared to if I trained him at thirty and I decided we're gonna put on a lot of size. But this is the here's the difference. Eighteen year old self is really skinny kid still. But he's gonna put on size anyway. This actually happens to men Anyway, between the age of like 18 to like 20 something years old, yeah, anabolic sil- you're, signals you're, loud. you're just a, you're just a bigger dude. Like you run into like, and if you're listening and you're, you're a, a kid,
0: a, you're, a bo-
2: you're a ball of testosterone. You're a walking yeah, boner. Yeah, 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 you are a walking boner, <laughs> dude. It's like, but it's just you're like, always trying to tuck it in your, you know, in your pants.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah, that's so the hot, like that's hitting it, things. So your testosterone really fucking takes off after about 14, 15 and peaks at 18. But you're at 18. You're not your your biggest. You you. If, when I see guys and I meet them in their mid 20s, mm. they even without lifting weights and it, this is if, if just same activity level. You're just bigger. you a man starts to mature and he just becomes on his own. So part of that muscle growth is you're kind of like amplifying what's kind of happening anyway. You know, like I remember when I was 14 lifting weights. I mean. I over one summer I put on 15 pounds of lean body mass. I probably would have put on, tw- yeah. you know, 10 anyway if I just ate more because I'm know. 14 years old. Um, it, just because that's what happens to the body. I mean, you you watch these these kids go from you know freshman year to senior year without like lifting over weight. the
2: summer. They're just like, whoa, what
1: happened? to yeah, you? Yeah, it like, just kind of happens naturally. Yeah. Testosterone levels do start to decline a little bit after 30, but if you're active, that slows down quite a bit. And here's something else that's interesting. When they compare active men in their uh, 50s to active men in their late teens, early 20s to testosterone levels, it is a little bit lower. Not that much, by the way, but it is a little bit lower. But their free testosterone actually goes up. So your total testosterone may go down a little bit, but free testosterone stays around the same um, if you're active, when the free testosterone is what's important. So at least for guys, there's less you know to worry about with this. Here's what I notice When I've trained clients for long periods of time, I don't start to see declines, and I'm talking about people who are pushing the limit, right? I don't start to see declines in strength until they start to get close to 50. Mm. Now, I will see declines in agility. That happens pretty quickly. Like, an 18-year-old bounces around like a gazelle, and a 45-year-old, no matter how much training, is going to lose some of that, I think. Yeah. But strength takes a lot longer. Strength and muscle take a lot longer to, to to lose. Boxers have been saying it for years. Like the Like, old boxers will still hit you just as hard as they did... When they were young so um yeah when it comes to age i I tell you what arnold schwarzenegger said it well when people would ask him am i too old to lift weights and he would say you're too old not to lift weights (laughs) always one of my favorite quotes so um so check this out uh go to youtube and check out mind pump tv we post a new video every single day we do everything from exercise demos to discussions on controversial topics we just posted one on fasting um, we have some funny videos up there as well. It's a great resource for fitness and wellness, and it's constantly updated. And at some point, we may even post more videos at, at, at a more rapid rate. So it's one of those channels you definitely want to I want to add to that to. too, because
0: I just recently did a post on the forum because a lot of people don't realize uh, how we organized it to help you too. So when you subscribe to the channel, you can go to the home, and there's a tab that says Playlist. And when you click the Playlist, you see that uh, Doug has organized all these videos in, in specific categories that we address, like you know squat like a pro, or you know shoulder pain or hip pain or all these different topics, and then there'll be a series of you know five to fifteen videos all on that topic. So if there's things that you're looking for that you need specific help in. You know, we've categorized them in playlists because, I mean, shoot, we already have almost 300 videos already that we've launched on YouTube. It's so. a free library. Yeah,
1: uh, highly recommended, especially if you're uh, obviously in the. In, and
0: it's designed software. to complement the program. So, you know, once again, we we when we created maps. You know, we we agreed that like we don't believe in this. This is the only way to run your program. Like we encourage people to modify yeah, it's
2: a template to then improve and and bring in other sources of of quality information into there and other movements.
1: Excellent. Also, if you want to ask us a question that we can answer on episodes like this one, the place to do it is on Instagram. You go to Mind Pump Media, and you find the meme that says Q and A or Qua Q U A H. And ask your question in the comments. Make sure you hashtag Qua. And if we like your question, we will make sure we feature it in one of these episodes. And you can also find our personal pages on Instagram. Mine is Mind Pump Sal, Adam is Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is Mind Pump Justin.
3: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.